Hi, guys. Thanks for coming in and listening to Travel and Trans- Transformation. Today, my lovely guest is Sean Cook. And I'm going to let Sean just jump in and talk. Well, talk a little bit more about himself. I do know Sean. I know what kind of person Sean is. He's He is just such a lovely human being with a huge heart. And I'm going to let him talk a little bit more about himself, and then we're going to jump into some stuff. So, Sean, take it away. All right. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Sean Cook. I am a men's coach, and I currently, though this chapter is soon ending, live in northern Canada, snowy northern Canada. It's a beautiful view out my window uh, across the lake. There's snow on the trees and uh, dogs that needing walking so that is a lot of my life is is snuggling my dogs being out in the forest and I will back this up to say that I spent the vast majority of my adult life desperately depressed though I would never have said those words to you I struggled to wake up every day usually the first thought in my head was this again or I'm just so tired, I don't want to get up, or is this really all there is? And through that, I tried, quote unquote, fixing myself through excessive sports, through excessive socialization, through excessive drug use. And of course, none of that did anything except for take me further down the rabbit hole. Mm. Um, The thing that saved me beyond my dog was joining a men's group, finding support, finding coaches who helped me. Mm, Uh, The men's group was absolutely huge. And I personally think that every man, I don't care what men's group you join, but every man should be in some sort of a group with other men to support them, call them on their bullshit and push them forward. Uh, So that is the work that I do. And Beyond that, the life that I live, as I said, is out in the forest, usually uh, with my dogs or playing hockey or running chainsaw to get firewood or playing board game with board games with friends. (laughs) So that's the that's the brief rundown of of everything there. So I have a question. Um, You said that every man should join a men's group. How do men even find men's groups because I know there may be some guys listening but for the women out there who want to help the men in their lives how does a dude go about finding a men's group mm-hmm. so there are several different men's groups I can recommend if people want to get in touch with me um, outside of this show they're more than welcome to uh, I, I have my biases but there are so many out there So I will just say that there are lots out there. Google will help you. There's lots online. There's lots in person. Mm, But especially for the women listening to this, I would say 60% of men, in my experience, find men's groups and men's work through their partners. And there's a big caveat here, right? A, A question I get from a lot of women is, oh my God, how do I get my man into this? And the simple answer is you don't. (laughs) You keep laying opportunities at his feet Mm -hmm. with no attachment. Hey, I'm interested in this. Maybe you'd be interested in this. This is a thing for men. Just keep laying them at his feet and your man will not move until he is ready. And And if Oh, sorry. Go. I was just going to say if he moves because... You've given him an ultimatum. You are doing neither of you a service. Well, I I was just going to interject there. I will do that from time to time. Absolutely. (laughs) One of the things that I really want people to hear, you can't make somebody do something if they are not ready. It's like you can plant the seeds Or as that saying is, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So I know a lot of women are like, oh, but I can change him. I can fix this. I can. No, you can't. 
<laughs> I'm here to let you know, no, you can't. You can't change mm-hmm. him. You can't fix him. You can't modify him. You can make suggestions. And, and I would be willing to bet that the more you try and change him, the more he's going to dig in his heels. Right. <laughs> the more he's going to be stubborn, the more he's going to be like that horse who you say, get out of the paddock. He says, no, I'm not going. And yeah, forcing forcing men, especially into places that they are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which a lot of these spaces are, because us men aren't taught or expected to be vulnerable and share what's actually going on with us. Trying to force a man into one of these spaces is just not going to end up well. And that's a, one of the things, again, that you just brought up, vulnerability. I know that for some women... It's hard to be vulnerable and people just expect that because you're a woman, you're going to be vulnerable. And that's not not necessarily the truth because everyone is different. Everyone has their wounds, their traumas, their whatever that is going to either allow them to be vulnerable or not. And either you've done your healing work or you haven't. But with men, I kind of think that if a woman's not vulnerable for a lot of men is we can just 10 times that into he's not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. Like in how, as a man who can be vulnerable, how, how, how do you do it? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> what steps have you taken to be able to be vulnerable that if somebody's listening it's like okay that's that's cool i i could do that you know simply put it's put myself into spaces where other people are being vulnerable and that is the expectation it is never comfortable or easy to reveal parts of myself that likely have never been revealed to the world before Mm -hmm. that is never ever easy so if anybody says that like um, you know, vulnerability and exposing the shameful parts of you gets easy. Don't believe them. It never gets easy, but it is like a muscle, right? Going to the gym and lifting heavy things isn't easy, but you get to learn the benefits of it. And you also understand that pushing through this pain, that pain actually is an indicator, right? Your muscles burning is an indicator of good things to come. Okay. I like that. It's like you're building that vulnerability muscle. And as you build it, the more you do it, the more you can do it. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that I want to bring up is, is for everybody in order to be vulnerable, you need to feel safe. Yeah. And I would venture to say, I mean, it's for everybody, but I would even venture to say for men, because it may be harder for them, they need to feel safe in whatever space they're going to be vulnerable, whether it's within their family, within, you know, their relationship, within a men's group. You know, I think that safety, feel a feeling of safety where your body can just go like that is key to being able to open up. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, there's a couple of layers to this one because I I tell my men that we can create a safer space but there's no such thing as a safe space If if there was a safe space then my vulnerability would not feel scary to share right if it was completely 100% safe then I could be a mess and be 100% okay with it what I tell men is we create this the space that is safer so that then we can be brave we can exercise our courage and step into that safer space okay so safety is key safety is number one but it also requires bravery stepping forward into vulnerability like i said is never easy never feels comfortable so it also requires men and women to be brave you know um Even if you have the perfect relationship with your partner where you feel completely safe and I have messed up, that's not Mm going to feel comfortable coming forward, even if the relationship is safe. Right. 
Okay. So it requires bravery. That makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense because I've just noticed that a lot of people, okay, just let's call it what it is. A lot of men (laughs) that I've come across do not have the level of bravery and courage that you're talking about. And it's almost like they're not willing, even like you said, if things are comfortable, they're only comfortable to a degree to -hmm. where I don't really have to step into being brave to move forward here. Mm -hmm. And there is a a part of this in uh, like, I'll call it emotional literacy as well. Uh, There is a part of it that men who have never had the chance to step forward into this and practice it, they don't, they, they can't recognize within themselves what is going on other than I feel bad. Mm. And that's not very descriptive. And I'm sure many women who are listening have torn their hair out when their men comes to them and says, I feel bad. And you're like, well, what, what the hell do you mean by that? And that's literally all that these men know because we haven't practiced. We haven't been taught what our feelings are, right? Mm-hmm. We can, we can say, I feel angry. And all most men are either very angry or extremely afraid of their anger and never show it. Neither of those are useful. Right. Anger is one that that we know and we can say, well, I feel sad when I have tears running down my face, which most men also have been taught. That's not something that we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the, the levels that happen before I'm bawling my eyes out, I haven't been taught that that, that means sad. This like pulling at my heart and the lump in my throat, that means I'm sad. And a lot of men don't, know that and recognize it like I don't know why like I sure I can recognize I've got a lump in my throat but I don't really know what why I just feel bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah bad sounds like bad is a big bag (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you really don't know all that's in it yeah and I just want to say also like you know we put these excuse me these value judgments on things good bad and all of that hey I think that that's all all bs right the human experience is the human experience and there are comfortable and uncomfortable things and putting a judgment on it, whether it's good or bad is, um, is not going to lead us down useful roads. However, that is the word that many men know. I feel bad. <laughs> right. And, and, and it does make sense because we have been taught polarity things. It's yes or no. It's good or bad. And everything needs to fall into one of those categories. And if you grow up in black and white and you don't see shades of gray, then it's hard to even categorize your feelings in shades of gray because it's like angry, sad, happy, mad. <laughs> you know? So, it, And then again, the judgment, the judgment behind it, because I think one of the things that can prevent men from being vulnerable is is being afraid to be judged because it's like what if I cry she's gonna think I'm weak mm-hmm. you know I mean then I guess we could also from there walk into the masculine and feminine because everybody has both masculine and feminine energy so I think a lot of times if a man does reach into his feminine energy then he's judged for that you know, and it's like name calling and you're soft and this and that. And so I think that even makes it harder to come forth. And it's like, I know, even if I know what these feelings are, can I show them? Because mm-hmm. if I show them, then I'm going to get judged. And, mm-hmm. you know, then I'm going to feel worse than I felt before because now I'm not being held in what I'm feeling, but I'm being judged for what I'm feeling. Yeah. And there's the judgment that comes from other people. And then there's also the judgment that comes from within. Like I can share from, from my experience, right. It's that feeling like a beginner, right. If I, all I've got is I feel bad and I'm trying to express complex emotions, Mm -hmm. there's going to be judgment from the other, perhaps, Oh my God, this guy is 
crying and I don't know what to do. I thought he was big and tough, but then there's also the judgment from the self of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how to express this. And I feel like a beginner and that makes me feel even more vulnerable. So I'm just going to climb up. Right. That, that actually does make sense too. Or, you know, when you're having an emotion and I can speak for myself, I can be having an emotion and not be completely clear on why I'm having it and not have Mm -hmm. words for it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I just have to go ahead and feel it and, you know, feel into it, sit with it. And then maybe the words will come. And then sometimes the words don't come because I think sometimes something triggers us and it's pre-verbal. Mm-hmm. And like, so, yeah, if this you're having... is also where you get into that masculine and feminine dynamic that you are kind of shading towards. It's like the the masculine. The I'll speak in polarities, but I'll say man and woman here. So just know that I'm painting with very broad strokes here in polarities. But the the man needs a reason for everything, and if there isn't a reason for it, then it is discarded because it is not useful. Mm. And so if I feel an emotion. And I don't know why, which plays back into emotional literacy, right? If, if I feel emo- an emotion and it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense, then the masculine often just discards it and says, no, that doesn't count. Whereas the feminine is, is able to play in that realm of, I don't know, the mm. infinite beyond the chaos of like, okay, well, things are coming up. I don't know where it came from, but let's play with it. And the masculine goes, well... Where does this fit in my nice little organized box? And if it doesn't fit in my box, if it doesn't fit in my tool chest, then it it goes. <laughs> well, I do think that's interesting that a lot of men, because I don't want to speak, I'm speaking in generalities, so nobody get offended. But a lot of men are able to compartmentalize so many different things. And mm-hmm. a lot of women are not. So it's like you've built a house and a guy has the house and he's got like 50 rooms in the house and shit goes in each one of those 50 rooms. The woman has a house and it's an open space house. (laughs) You know, there's not a lot of walls there. So Mm -hmm. things can infiltrate. So yeah, there are some rooms and then maybe Mm -hmm. there's a loft, but there's a lot of open space. (laughs) And guess what? With that, I mean, there's there's gifts to both, right? And there's pros and cons to both. Um, and in this open space that the feminine loves to keep, uh, it's really easy to clean, to at least see where your dark corners are. But in a ro- in a house with fifty different rooms and everything being compartmentalized and all of that. Right. There's value to that. Right. As a firefighter, I know that if I show up on scene and I'm bawling, that's not going to instill trust in people. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> but it's really easy to forget to forget about that 49th room. It's really easy to not clean it and then go in there years later and be like, oh, my God, there's cobwebs and dirt and shit everywhere I, I that's just too much work i'm going to close it and forget about it for another couple of years <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like um women don't put things in the closet <laughs> but yeah if the space is more open then you're more likely to see what needs as you put it what needs cleaning and i think that's one of the reasons why like in in my relationships oftentimes the woman is like how can you not see this thing And it's like, for them, it's right in front of them. For me, it's somewhere in one of the rooms and I got to go searching for it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but I'm telling you, and you're like, I don't see it. I'm showing it to you. (laughs) Even when when they tell it to me and they're like, here, this thing, I'm like, but I don't don't remember which room it's in. Sure, I can see that you have this thing in front of me, but I don't know where it is in my filing cabinet. So I'll believe you, but give me some time to find it. (laughs) Right, and... In those moments, you have just pissed her off. <laughs> yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I know that um, you have 
a group or I, I don't know if it's a group or a program. So you tell me. It is a group um, program. <laughs> Awaken the King Within. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, it is a, a group program. It's a 12 week uh, boot camp for men, if you will, to take those men who have done everything right in their life. They've gone down the career path. They've maybe have have the wife, they've got the dog, they've got the car, they've got the house. And for whatever reason, life still sucks. Mm. They know that they're spinning their tires. It feels like they're stuck in the mud and they know that a better life is possible, but they don't know how to get out of that. And so Awaken the King Within is a journey to bringing forth the king that we all have within us. I believe that both men and women have this um, king or queen within us. And throughout our life, every time we've believed someone when they say, you're too much. And of course, when we're kids, if an adult says that, that's believed. Every time we're too much, there's a brick placed in front of that king. Every time someone says you're too much or not enough, brick in front of the king. Every time... I come running, hey, look at, look at, look at what I've created. Oh, later, brick in front of the king. So we've spent our lives building this wall in front of the king energy that we all have within us. And I'm speaking in king terms, but this is queen for women. And this program is designed to slowly take those bricks away one at a time as they've been put up. Maybe we'll even bring a bulldozer at the end and smash through the wall because when we can step into our King energy and there's, there's so much more to this, there's all sorts of like, I play in the archetypes of the masculine, the feminine and the archetypes of the divine masculine in order to do this. When we can step into our King, I'm sure the women who are listening to this can remember a man who they've seen like that guy. He may not be the best looking or he may be incredibly good looking. It doesn't matter. He may be charming. He may be an incredible introvert, but he carries himself as a king. Mm. This program is designed to allow those men to let that energy forth. And like I said, it's an energy we all have within us. And I don't believe it is an energy that we become. It's an energy that we shepherd. It's an energy that we care for so that it can flow through us. Wow. And I went on a bit of a rant. So if you've got questions, <laughs> ask away. I'm just like, okay, wow. <laughs> I mean, for to get men in that space, I think incredible. Because I have seen the king energy. And and it's and it to me, the way it shows up. It, it just shows up with this sense of confidence, but it's, it's like, it's there, but it's not like, I'm, it's, it's, it's not trying. It's just there and you see it and you feel it and there's no arrogance to it. It's just, it just exists. Yeah. It's almost like this confident, calm energy. Yeah. That's how, that's how I feel it anyway. Yeah. So yeah. 100%. And like, I, I teach my guys that it's it's kind of, there's a, this, this triangle of on one side is overexpressed and on the other side is underexpressed. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about each of the archetypes so this, this makes more sense. But the line that we walk is the peak of that triangle. And that is that quiet confidence. That is that man that knows he is here for a purpose. But a peak is really hard to walk on. And we spend our life wavering back and forth into under and overexpressed. And it is the man who who can fall off the triangle to the right to towards the overexpressed in my language and then recognize it and go, okay, we got to come back rather than falling further and further and further into it. And so to bring this into more practical terms, I'll, I'll speak about one of the archetypes is the warrior. And the warrior... Uh, in its overexpressed expression <laughs> has caused a lot of damage in this world, right? The overexpressed warrior is, is the asshole who says, I have power. 
so I'm going to take what I want. The bully. The underexpressed is the coward. Like, oh my God, don't hurt me. I'm just like, do whatever you want. The maturely balanced expressed warrior is the one who knows I can probably, I know that I am a weapon. I know that if I go into battle, I will win and I will mess some people up. And because of that knowledge, Mm -hmm. I don't need to fight. Because of that knowledge, I don't want to fight. But it's there if I need it. Okay. And yeah, I'll I'll pause here because I see some curiosity on your face. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that whole, that's very interesting. That is like, I can choose to fight, but I can actually win without fighting. It's kind of how I heard it. Yeah. And like, if you, if you think about it, like those who, you know, if you think back in your life, who you can probably see that they're not confident in their ability to fight in whatever capacity, whether it's physical, mental, um, business, those who aren't confident in that get pushed and pushed and pushed and they're going, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. okay." And then it, then it blows up and they turn into that wolverine that's caught in the corner who just blows everything up because they're just i don't know what i'm doing so i'm going to throw everything at the wall and doesn't matter i don't care about my relationships i don't care about my friends i don't care about my enemies everything's getting blasted because i just don't know my don't know what i'm capable of and i'm afraid of what i'm capable of so that's really interesting and I think, yeah, I'm going to have to go here because beautiful. Let's, let's go. Let's go there. (laughs) I don't even know where there is, but let's go there. (laughs) But as a, okay. So I am single at the moment and I'm on dating apps. I'm on several dating apps and sometimes I'll match with these people and I'm not looking for a pen pal. I'm just not, Mm -mm, no, I want to meet somebody. And then I get these guys who, they seem like they're really, they could be really good people, but I get that kind of wishy-washy energy and it's like, mm-hmm. let's keep having really silly surface conversations and, but I don't really want to meet and yeah. like, what is that about? <laughs> yeah. This, this is, this is guys who don't know their power, right? They're, they are afraid to, uh, I, I will say like, you know, we talked before this about the nice guy. And we can go into that if you like, but these are the guys who are like afraid of their power because they don't know it. Right. They're, they're like, well, if I just keep being nice, then the world's going to give me what I want. But if I push, if I ask for what I want for, I don't know what's going to happen because people are going to think I'm an asshole. Mm. And then it's, I guess it's kind of like the law of attraction because that's where you're putting all your energy. So then people end up thinking you're an asshole anyway. <laughs> exactly. Well, the nice guy is like he. So I'll just back up a bit and, and give you a brief thing. So so the nice guy is, as it was a term coined by Robert Glover. He wrote a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. I believe every man, but also every person should read it. Um, it is an incredible book. Every single man I know who has read it was like, that's me. <laughs> and the nice guy is is a modern conundrum of men who have been brought up by women, well-meaning women. I'm not trying to demean that. Mm-hmm. It's just that, and I'll speak to my experience, what I learned from all of the women teachers I had, from my mom, because my dad was often away, from, like, I was raised by 80, 80%, 90% women in time-wise. Mm-hmm. And they taught me not how to be a man, but what not to be in order oh, to be a man. Okay. So I grew up going, anger is bad because anger leads to damage in the bully and um, worse things. I grew up that saying like, if I say that I want sex, then I am, a, you know, a danger to society. <laughs> <laughs> it, I grew up learning that, I need to be, I need to take care of the female heart, which is true, but I wasn't taught how to do it, just what not to do. Right, right. That and makes so, so much sense. And so 
like I still have these tendencies, right? Uh, Robert Glover says that like, he calls himself a recovering nice guy, even though he's, I think he's close to 70 now and he's been studying this for ages. I call myself a recovering nice guy because these tendencies still come up with me of like, okay, just be nice, just placate and don't ask for what you want for. And then if you're nice enough, the world will give you what you want for. And that is how the nice guy in trying not to be an asshole is actually an asshole because he is trying to get what he wants through manipulation rather than asking actually for what he wants. And I do, I do see a lot of that. I do see a lot of that like with some of the people that I've connected with. Mm -hmm. It's like, don't dance around this. Just tell me what you want mm-hmm. and then let me make a conscious decision whether I want to give it exactly. to you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but then you hear, oh, but I, and this and that. And it's all, all the kind of language that they mm-hmm. think you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I, and I can't say other people don't, right? But I prefer the more direct approach so that I know what I'm working with. <laughs> I, I would, I would say that everybody does <laughs> everybody <laughs> wants to know what you want and to be able to give in the agency to say no that's not what i want or sure that's what i want or even like sure that's like not what i want in this moment but if you want it sure let's do that right because you can make a conscious decision you have the you have all and then here's my logical mind that pops in all the time but you have all the factors that you need to make a good decision Mm-hmm. Because if you make a decision based on some of the stuff that you're being told, and you know, then it could be a bad decision for you, or mm-hmm. you can read the bullshit in it, and mm-hmm. you're like, this this might have been a really great person, but I'm out. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> like going back to the emotional literacy, a lot of man, I would say a lot of people in the world, men and women, like have not been told that figuring out what you want is a good thing, right? right? It's it's always figure out what the other person wants and then do that. This is a lot of men. It's like, oh, I'll just please the woman, right? And this is like the, the dark side of that crappy expression, like happy wife, happy life, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> That's exactly no. what I was thinking. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's, it's no, like figure out what you want and, and lead and lead doesn't necessarily mean we're going to go do this thing, but it's right. going to say, Hey, I want to do this thing. Would you like to join me in it? Right. Rather than, Oh, well, just do whatever you want. And I'm not going to make any sort of decision. So it would be really nice if you just suggest what you want. And then I'll say yes to it. <laughs> Which for people, like a lot of working women who, a lot of single women who are professional, you're making decisions all day long. And not to say men aren't making decisions too, but sometimes you just want somebody to make a suggestion so that at least you can say yes or no, or mm-hmm. yes and, or no and, <laughs> you know, no, I don't really want to do that, but could we maybe do this? You know, what are your thoughts? And then have a conversation around it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that all starts with knowing what you want, right? Like how many times have you asked a guy, like, what do you want? It's like, well, I don't know. I could just do anything. It's like, no, like, what do you actually want? Are you willing? And this is, this is vulnerability, right? Speaking actually what is on my heart is vulnerable saying like, Oh, I actually don't like that restaurant that you really like. I would rather just go for beer and pizza or whatever the heck it is. Right. <laughs> is like speaking my desires is opening myself up to being, having my desires rejected. Said That's no true. to. That's true. And I'm, I mean, and that does actually go both ways. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I, I want to, to speak into something in this leading uh, conversation that we we've been kind of having uh, one of the things that I really love is partner dance mm-hmm. and a lot of people think that well the guy leads so he just tells the woman what to do and she goes and does the thing and looks sexy <laughs> what it looks like from the outside but really it's a conversation and this leads into how like 
partner dance is a beautiful representation of how we feel safe, mm. right? The man leads by making a suggestion, a physical suggestion. Would you like to do this? And that makes the women feel safe to say either yes or no. And generally just because of the kind of agreements of partner dance, it is a yes. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, with improv. It's a yes. And okay, let's do that. And I'm going to do it like this, right? So there's the, I'm going to lead you with the suggestion. And then you lead me with how we do that suggestion. And so the woman feels safe when I make a suggestion and the man feels safe when the woman goes, "Mm, yes. And let's do it like this. Right. And it is a continued conversation the entire way. Every single move you see on the dance floor is a two-way conversation. That is such an interesting way to put it. And one of the things that I just wanted to touch on, because I think when some people hear lead, the natural thing is, the natural thought there is, oh, so now I have to be submissive. Now I just have to follow. And I like the way you're putting it. It's a conversation. The leading is a suggestion. And then Mm -hmm. you're always available to say yes or no. Exactly. And this goes back to the king and queen conversation and the under and overexpressed. We as a society have learned that lead, whether we consciously or unconsciously know it, means dictator the overexpressed king Mm. leading means I'm going to tell you to do this thing and you're going to do this thing or bad things are going to happen. Right. And the maturely expressed king or queen has that confidence of like, okay, I want to lead you here. And of course there's different situations where sometimes the king does need to be a bit more of a dictator, call it the CEO in a boardroom of, making really important decision that needs to happen now. Mm-hmm. But like the King is confident like that. If she says no to me, she's saying no to the action. She's not saying no to me because I know that I'm a King. Right. I know that I'm good and I can flow with that. If she says no to that action. Great. What's the next one? Let's play. Yeah, I like that because in the queen energy is also knowing that you can say no and be a woman of worth, but being a woman of worth doesn't mean always saying no to something because you can have a desire and say yes and still be a woman of worth and maintain your confidence and your self-esteem and all of that in the way you carry yourself and the way Mm -hmm. you think of yourself. I mean, how many women do you know that, uh, once again, whether consciously or unconsciously, believe that if I say no, I'm a bitch? Right. And that's simply not true, right? If you say no, you're saying, no, I don't want to do that thing. And it says nothing about your value or your worth or who you are. It just means that that's not what you want to do. And, you know, sometimes saying no does mean no to you. (laughs) <laughs> yep. but then you have to be able to stand up in that and be like yes it really is no to you it's not just no to the action it's no to you and mm-hmm. I really do because I'm respecting me have to go mm-hmm. and I think it's just, it has to be the same thing on both sides because again conversation and mm-hmm. the self-respect and knowing mm-hmm. that you're worthy and knowing exactly. that you're enough and I, I think guess... that runs on both ends You know, because we both, as the masculine and the feminine, have wounds around those very things. You know, and it's it's easy when you're in the middle of something to not be able to see the forest for the trees, right? Mm -hmm. And so then that five year old takes over, and I'm gonna just go ahead and have a tantrum, and then you're gonna have a tantrum. We're both having a tantrum, and now we have just destroyed things. Because yep. if we're not able to, you know, snap out of that five-year-old and be the grown-up, the mature grown-up, because all grown-ups are not mature, you know, we're going to stomp out of the house and just crumple everything to the ground. So I think getting back to 
just being able to get in a men's group and for women, women also need support. And I think we both men and women can really thrive as individuals if they get the support they need so that when they come together as a couple, they're already two individuals who are confident in their beings so that once they get together, they can have a better conversation. Yep. 100%. And like, there's a reason why every ancient culture that I know of, and I'm no researcher, anthropologist, but excuse me here, every ancient culture that I know of have traditions of the men going off and being with the men and the women going off and being with the women and then coming back together. Because one of the expressions in men's work is iron sharpens iron, steel sharpens steel, right? Mm -hmm. Men sharpen each other. And women, I don't know what a comparable expression to that would be. (laughs) (laughs) But women have this beautiful way of supporting each other that us men don't know how to do. We're all trying to learn it, but it is not an innate skill that us men have. And we can get more and more and more skillful at it, but we can never do it like other women can do it. Just like women can't support men in the ways that men can. And I don't mean going and having beer and watching the sports game. (laughs) I mean, like, so the reason why I believe men need men supporting them Mm -hmm. is that no matter what or who there is always a part of men that wants to impress women so there's always a part that is just putting a little bit of extra polish on things mm. to impress women and if a woman criticizes him or calls him on his bullshit there is a part of him that says oh i'm not impressive or oh i'm bad and can't take that criticism as probably what it is of like, here's some help. I would like you to improve in these ways. And it's really challenging for men to accept it as that. Whereas with men, I can go into a men's group and a man's been talking about the same situation for three months and go, you got to get out of your bullshit, man. This is the same story you've been telling yourself for three months. Pick your shit up and sort yourself out. Right. If a woman said that to a man, whoo, things would not end up well. <laughs> right. But if a man says that, it's like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I better pick my shit up and sort myself out. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can I totally see the difference. And then I just really want to add too that women can do that support, but I think in this day and age when things are so spread out, everybody's doing their own thing, life is all busy that women need to remember that, yes, we need to also come together and support each other because I was at a screening for one of my friend's shows and she said, when was the last time you got together with your girlfriends to celebrate something? And we looked around the room and everybody was like, hmm, well, (laughs) you know, so we're not doing that because a lot of times we're isolating Mm -hmm. and sometimes by choice, but a lot of times it's really not by choice. It's by circumstance. So Mm -hmm. women really need to remember that they need support too. They need to come together too. (laughs) 100%. And this is like, this is one of the detriments and I may have some people poking at me for this of the patriarchal society that we have created and grown up in, in that, we have over-expressed the warrior in that everybody is competition. And because that is the society that we have created, women have taken that on, right? Women say, I, if, if I celebrate another woman, she's going to take my man, maybe not quite that black and white, but there's, there's, there's a portion of that, right? Like if, if I celebrate them, I'm celebrating my competition, I'm lifting them up and they're going to be even stiffer competition for me next time. I agree because I think a lot of us spend so much time in the masculine because we are living in a man's world that Mm -hmm. it's hard to switch it up Mm -hmm. and get in that feminine energy and get in that receiving energy and just really be able to soak that in because there is a lot of competition. 
So yeah, I think you nailed it there. <laughs> yeah, and like we in general, I believe because of this sort of point of view that we've grown up in, are afraid to celebrate ourselves, let alone each other. Actually, I would yes. say it's it's easier for us to celebrate each other than celebrate ourselves. Yes. And yes, like yes. one of the things that I get my men to do is celebrate themselves both by themselves with a journal prompt and with each other. Like, hey, I did this great thing today and I'm not bragging. I'm not arrogant. I'm not this or that. I just want to celebrate. Like, look what I did. Yes. Isn't yes. that amazing? Will you celebrate with me? And that part, I'm not bragging or anything because I've been told in a setting when I was celebrating something that I did, it was like, well, don't brag. It's like, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying mm -hmm. what happened. And by the way, that other person over there, they said that too, but they didn't get that reaction. Mm -hmm. So there's also certain pieces of life where you get things from certain people and then it just makes you want to shut down. Yep. And then it's like, how do you open up again? Yeah. You know, how do and you like, feel like is, you can do this? <laughs> yeah. This is the, like, this is like that question is like the question of life really is like, how can I expand when my whole being wants to contract? Yes. And like, that's when having a men's group to hold you up, a group of women to hold you up and say, you got this. I know you. I like speaking from a men's group perspective. I have met with you every single week for the last three years. I know you've got this, even though your fears and I know your fears. Right. But you are an incredible man or woman. I know you've got this. And, you know, one of our mentors, Preston, he, he said a quote uh, that I absolutely love. And that is, when you expand in the face of contraction, you embody all of the answers you're looking for. We always want to, in our masculine brains, look for the answers before we can expand. This is why I'm safe. This is why I can expand. This is why I can do the thing. But the answers you're looking for are in that expansion. So you can get support to help you to lean on when you're saying, I'm afraid, I don't want to do this, even though I know it's the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then in doing it, you get the answers. So do you have, do you run a men's group outside of your 12 week program? One question, second question, how often do you run your 12 week program? And like, when's your next start date? Yeah. So I currently, like I ran a men's group for, for three years. I currently do not run one though I'm going to be starting one soon I am part of two men's groups uh, and we meet weekly I think that anything less than every other week is too little and weekly is just amazing okay. I think that we should have room every week to go and air our shit get called on our bullshit and celebrate our wins with other men or other women and my my 12-week program, I run it. The next launch, the next scheduled time to run it is, is end of April. The exact date is yet to be nailed down. Um, but basically three times a year I run it. Okay. And where can people find you? So people can find me on Instagram is actually the, the best place to find me. It's at Sean L. D. Cook. Uh, and my name is spelled S-H-A-U-N and cook with an E on the end. Okay. Or you can find me at seancook.com, S-H-A-U-N-C-O-O-K-E.com. It's it's pretty easy. Uh, the vast majority of my my writings, my musings, my ramblings are on Instagram. So that is really the best place to find me. The website is mostly a place to sign up. <laughs> Okay. Okay, people. So you know where to find Sean. You can pass that information on to your dude, onto your son, onto your anybody, friend, whomever, who you think could benefit from this. And 
you know, if his program isn't the thing, maybe he has recommendations for the thing for your person. So mm -hmm. just keep that in mind, plant those seeds. And as a woman, if you need the support, let me know because <laughs> I'm here for you. So Sean, thank you so much for spending time with me and for really having this important conversation. Because once again, I think, you know, women are usually the ones who are like, I'm going to go to this class. I'm going to do this retreat. I'm going to do this and that. And to be able to allow them to be involved in this conversation so that they can plant the seeds for their people is really important. So thanks for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. And I just want to end with the thought that if you want to change the world, it starts with you. That's not a new thing. However, you have to be the man or woman that you want your children to be. You have to be what the world that you want them to grow up in to be like. So do this not only for you, do this for your kids or other people's kids. Do this for the future generations. Wow. Talk about going to leave us on a deep note. <laughs> Okay, Sean, I'll talk to you again. Maybe after you finish this first go round, you can let us know how it went. So that everybody that was beautiful. Can get it's going, it's going it. amazingly. So thank you so much. You're welcome.